Well, it's good to see y'all. Happy Friday. Good Friday. End of the week. Good Friday is a glorious day. Amen? Amen. Tonight we're celebrating Good Friday, um, and it's a bittersweet celebration um, because it's where Jesus Christ, he went, to the, he went to his death on the cross for us, for all of mankind. It's bittersweet because we are the reason that Jesus had to suffer and die. Your sins, my sins, and the sins of all mankind were on his shoulders. They were placed upon him, and, and he suffered the penalty that we all deserve. Praise God, that's the good news. He suffered for us. He, he did so in our place, and he did so out of love. Tonight, we're going to be looking at a number of passages that speak to what Jesus went through tonight. Uh, I'm sorry, went through, um, and he endured for our sake. Um, we're going to read them, and some may find it hard to comprehend how someone could even willfully um, subject themselves to such torture, such shame, ridicule, suffering. But again, the good news is that Jesus did it. He did it for all of us. You know, this is what Jesus wrestled out in the Garden of Gethsemane. When, when he was praying so hard that he had droplets of blood coming out of his forehead, he, he, it's one of these things. He prayed, you know, where he pleaded with his father. He said, if there's any other way that we can do this, let me know. Let me know now. I mean, he, he cried out in an intimate moment, and he gave that intimate name to his father, and it's found in Mark 14, 36, and it is Abba Father. It's Daddy. Jesus is sitting there. He's like, Daddy. He's like, if there is any other way, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. See, in that moment, Jesus solidified his resolve. He knew that there was no other way that this could happen. His Father gave him no other out. And so in that moment, Jesus solidified his resolve. And he woke up his disciples, and he went to work. He knew that what had to happen was going to happen. And, and when he finished praying and he set his resolve, he got his disciples up in Matthew 26, 45, and 46. We see it says, Then Jesus came to his disciples and said to, him, said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. When Jesus set his resolve, it was like, at that moment, it was game on. He was, he was taking this to its end. Jesus was prepared and determined to complete the mission that he came to earth to do. And, and so I've titled the message tonight, It Is Finished, because these are the final words of Jesus prior to taking his last breath as recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 19. So if you have your Bibles, um, paper copy, hard copy, uh, digital, we are going to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. And we're going to start at verse 28. And it says this. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they, took, they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we're going to be looking at the things that your son did for our sake the fulfillment of prophecy that only the Messiah can do. And Lord, we, we just look at how much you love us. God, this was the fulfillment 
of what you sent your son to earth to do was to die for mankind, to deliver us from our sins, to overcome sin and death, to, to make a way where there was no way for us to be reconciled to you. So, Father, as we dig into this lesson, Father, speak to our hearts, speak to our, our souls, Lord, and just, man, reaffirm just how much you love us, the measures and the great lengths you went to redeem us. And help us never take that casually or, or just... Take it for granted, Father, but help us to deepen our understanding of your love for us, that it would change the way we interact with each other and our families and in our lives, God. Father, we celebrate this bittersweet night of Good Friday where we just thank you so much for your son who did the impossible work that, that only God could do. And Lord, as we dig into the word, speak to us and confirm in our spirits who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is finished. Amen. It's done. There is nothing more than anybody can do. This, this was, when he said it is finished, this was not some feeble, weak cry that he's done. In the Synoptic Gospels, all of them read that, that Jesus cried out or, or he spoke with a loud voice as, as they recorded his final words. And it's like, it's one of those things where here, the, he, the commentators, I love it. The commentators are saying that, that this wasn't a cry of desperation. This wasn't him going, oh, get it, it, They are saying that Jesus is declaring, it is finished. It is done. I have fulfilled the work that I've been called to this earth to do. And then he gave up his spirit. It was all God, all the time, Jesus on working the whole time to redeem us. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that anybody could endure what Christ endured and still have the wherewithal. That, that only could happen supernaturally if you were God. No person could endure what Jesus Christ endured and still have the strength to scream out and utter those words. But what was the work? What needed to be done? Matthew 15, 17 says, do not, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus made sure that everything spoken about him in the law and the prophets, everything he had to do was done. In Romans 10.4, it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Jesus' death fulfilled the law, and it ended our bondage to the law. In Acts 10.43, it says to him, All the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins, through his name. Amen. Come on. That, that's, this is about us today. In the last 24 hours of Jesus' life, he fulfilled almost 40 prophecies. That's crazy. Over the course of his life, he fulfilled approximately 365 prophecies that only the Messiah could fulfill. And it's crazy. Even something as simple as mentioning his thirst was a fulfillment of prophecy. In, in Psalm 69, 21, it says, they gave me poison for food and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. And we just read that in, the, in John's account. Jesus took that drink. I mean, it's, you might think in that moment, it's like, like that's a hard prophecy to fulfill, right? You're on a cross. It's the end of the day. You're dying. And it's like, I'm thirsty. It's like, how hard is that, Jesus, right? But you know what that reaffirms to us? Is there was no prophecy that was too small that Jesus overlooked. Jesus did them all. It was finished down to taking a drink prior to releasing his spirit. 
I love that. I mean, that, that just gives you reassurance that, that nothing is too insignificant. No one is too insignificant. That, that Jesus fulfills what God called him to do. He is God in the flesh. He fulfilled it from the plan from day one. And, and if you thought that getting a drink of water on a day like that would have been, eh, I understand that prophecy. Let's look at some other prophecies that are a little bit tougher to fulfill. Some prophecies that, that, that speak and prophesy exactly what our Messiah would have to endure and, and would have to experience. These prophecies paint an ugly, brutal, unimaginable picture and an experience that, that no human could bear. In Isaiah 52, verse 14, it says, As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human resemblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. Yeah. What does this tell us? It tells us that Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. Jesus was beaten beyond recognition as a human. His stature, his form was even compromised. That's how bad they beat our Jesus. He wouldn't even been recognized. Jesus was so beaten and bloodied that if somebody walked him in from another room and just stood there and said, identify this, this, this thing, the people would not be able to identify him as Jesus. That is how bloody Jesus was. That is the length to what he endured. And it goes on from there. Isaiah 53, verse 3, it says, And he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. You know, he, he, John 1 talks about how he came into this world that he created. He came to his own, and yet they rejected him. It's like almost all of the disciples abandoned Jesus at this point. And all the religious leaders and all the crowds caught up in all the hoopla and the hype, they sat there and they mocked him and they jeered at him and they were making fun of him and they're basically calling him a liar. They're like, if you're the Christ, come on down off that cross, save yourself. Ha! You know, then they were just over and over. They rejected him and they mocked him even in that position of being exposed and in pain and agony. And, and going on in verse 7, it says that he was opposed and he was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. When he was being whipped and flogged and beaten for our sins, he didn't say a word. How do you do that if you're not on mission? If you were not God in the flesh, fulfilling prophecies that were spoken about you that only you could overcome and you could accomplish. Jesus endured all of this punishment without even making a sound. Isaiah 53, going on in verse 10 and 12, 10 through 12, it says, It was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. And when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. We are that. The fulfillment of what he did that people would come to know him for who he is. In verse 11, it says, Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge uh, shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. How are we accounted righteous? By claiming the blood of Jesus. By claiming and believing on his name, we are made righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities, our sins. It all goes back onto him. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sins of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. 
transgressors. He's the great mediator, amen? He, he goes between us and God with our petitions and our prayers. All of this took place. All of this happened from the, from the kangaroo court on Good Friday until, or on Thursday until the day that he died from the courtroom to the courtyard to the cross, everything, all of this brutality that we just read about happened to Jesus. And yet Jesus endured it to the end and he declared it's finished. He did it willfully. Let's look at some other prophecies found in the Psalms of all places in Psalms 22 verse 1. Jesus saying this from the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You were so far from saving me from the words of my groaning. This is what he shouted from the cross as he was hanging there to the religious leaders that would have known exactly what he was preaching and what he was screaming. This would have grabbed their attention of the Pharisees. And they, they, the, the Psalm 22, it is a physical depiction they, it is a, a written record of what they were looking at in that moment. And when he goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They would have been like, oh, or they should have been like, oh. But they were so hard-hearted and they were so calloused that they couldn't even see that they were doing exactly what that psalm said was going to happen to the Messiah. It goes on in verse 7 of chapter or Psalm 22. It says, all who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads at me. He trusts in the Lord. Let him, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Those words were spoken at the foot of the cross by Jesus' enemies, those that were trying to kill him. In Psalms 22, verse 14, continuing, it says, I am poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is all dried up. I am like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me, and a company of evildoers encircles me, and they have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all of my bones. They stare and they gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. This is the experience of somebody that is in extreme pain and agony. They can feel every muscle. They can feel every bone out of whack and out of joint. There's discomfort beyond measure. Jesus is, this is writing about what he's experiencing in that moment. These perfectly describe what he would be experiencing on that cross, the agony and the suffering. And it, all the while, the father is sitting there watching this happen. In Psalms 22, verse 24, it says, For he is not despised or bored the affliction of the affliction, and he has not hidden his face from him. Praise God Almighty that there is nothing that our Heavenly Father can't endure and look at. But he has heard him when he cried. Jesus' Father, he, he worked their plan to the end. They were together until the end. Did everything that we just read about happen to Jesus? Yep. Right? Did, did everything that Jesus set out to do be fulfilled? Yes. But Jesus was flogged, and he was, he was scourged, and he had flesh torn off his body. All these things happened. They, they, they took him to the courtyard. They beat him after the flogging. It's like, what more can someone take? And see, we ask that question, but it's like, it's us that put that on him. 
He's paid for our sins in that moment, our transgressions. He, if anybody's seen the passion play where they whip him and they're ripping the flesh off of our Savior, and then they go this and say, turn him over. It's like, ah, what more can someone endure? For my sins... How many of those lashes were mine? How many of the, the punches were my sins? Because he took on the sin of all humanity, right? That's what we celebrate tonight is that he was willing to do so and he did so. And when he was done, he said, it's finished. Because he knew that this was it. He'd, he'd overcome sin and death and made a way for all mankind to be reconciled to him. And then, after the beating, after the flogging, then he marched his cross up the hill where he was hung on the cross. Jesus endured all of this. And after doing so, he said, it's finished. The crazy thing about the prophecies that we just read is that Psalms was written seven or a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. Isaiah was written some 700 years before Jesus walked the earth. Crucifixion hadn't even been invented when those were written. Crucifixion was not even practiced until 500 plus years before Christ. These prophetic words were lived out when Jesus was on the cross. Jesus experienced the flogging and the beating prior to carrying up his cross. And having endured all that, he said, it is finished. He did it for us. He gave so much for us. What a wonderful Lord we have. Amen. Jesus paid the price for mankind's sins. He took on the wrath of God for our sins. And before releasing his spirit, he cried out, it is finished. Tell me God doesn't love you. Tell me God doesn't love the world. It's like, look at what he did. Look at the lengths he went to to redeem people to himself that all they have to do is say, I believe. And yet people reject the work of the cross when they reject Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says that the last enemy to be destroyed was death. Guess what? Jesus did that. On that cross, he overcame death. It is finished. Come on. In 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57, it says, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the death of Jesus, we have victory over sin and death ourselves because we live in Christ. We operate in Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior, and it is finished. Amen? Jesus did this on the cross when he declared it's finished. He offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice, the final sacrifice. This never has to happen again. There is no Jesus plus. There is no other work. There's nothing we can do. Jesus did it all, and he said, it is finished. Hebrews 10, 12 says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. It's like you read that, and it, man, it's so easy to kind of glaze over that. The single sacrifice. Look at the sacrifice we just read about. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus is reigning. He's alive and well. Amen? We're going to celebrate that in a few short days, so don't worry. If this is your first time hearing it, he raises from the dead. There you go. Spoiler alert. 
Hebrews 12, 2, it says, uh, for, for who, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. It's like, for the joy set before him. What was that joy? The reconciliation of mankind back to himself. The reconciliation of us to him when we cry out his name and we believe on his name. That is the joy set before him. And he's like, I, I got to do the cross. I got to do the cross. And I'm, because I know what's on the other side. I will endure hardship for a little while because I know what's on the other side. We do that all the time in our world. You have a surgery. Why? Because there's joy on the other side when you overcome the pain and, and whatever you're dealing with. There's healing on the other side. There's restoration on the other side. Jesus endured the cross because of what was on the other side, and that was us in eternity with him in heaven. And he said, it's finished. Come on, it is finished. You know, it's like, good night. I love you are three great words to hear, amen? But it is finished is better. It is finished. Jesus sacrificed for sinners like you and me and for future sinners that would become saints. Man, that those who would receive his gift of salvation would have the opportunity to live forever in his presence. What a beautiful thing that is. Can't wait. Ah. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us that, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You know, you hear all these stories, well, if God's so loving, then why does this and why does that? And what about and what about? It's like, yo, this is how God showed his love for us. That while we were sinners, he sent his son to endure the worst crucifixion, the worst treatment of all mankind, the worst humiliation and shame and and everything he endured for us while we were yet sinners. That's how much God loves us. Wow. This, the crucifixion, I mean, that's the pinnacle of John 3, 16, why he came to this earth. For God so loved the world, we can all say, right? That he sent his one and only son, that whosoever should believeth in him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. It is finished. It is finished. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm getting jittery up here. It's like, it's finished. It's like, man. And we can read over these passages and think, and we can breeze over that and be like, oh, that's so cute. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Like, no, man, he went through hell on earth. He was bruised and beaten and afflicted for, for us. That yet while we were sinners... He did that and died for us. I want us to take pause tonight. Look at that passage. Look at the things that we've read. Take a moment in the light of our reading. Just see if we don't understand and look at the cross a little bit differently. I can't imagine the scene. I can't imagine what it looked like. I can't imagine the agony that he endured. I can't imagine the suffering. I cringe when I think about the first strike and I cringe when I think about the last strike and I cringe because I see the sins that I've committed in my life. Even as a believer, I see those sins and and the fact that he took on our sins on his body for our salvation. I just, I cringe when I think of the weight of my sins being bore down on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. My goodness. What have we done? It's a fulfillment of prophecy, though. It's the way they designed it. 
that the weight of all men's sin was going to be on Jesus, and, and, and God still showed us his love by, by taking it out on his son. You may say, Pastor, that, that is harsh, that is violent, that is crazy, and I would agree with you. But Jesus did it. And the good news is he did it, and he said, it is finished. He did it for you, and he did it for me. We could not bear that punishment. No person could bear that punishment. No one was a spotless, blemishless, wow, say that real fast, sacrifice. No one could have done it. Only Christ. Christ went to the cross, and he paid our sin debt so that we could be in heaven. What an, what an amazing Lord and Savior we truly have. What a loving and gracious Savior we truly have. It is finished. Man, we're going to take communion in a little bit. How are you going to look at those elements? When we think about Jesus saying, do this in remembrance of me, where the bread represents his broken body. It represents what we read about tonight. The juice represents the blood that was poured out for all mankind. It's like we read about what Jesus did, and we do communion every week, and it's so easy to sit there and say, take some time for you, but man, when you read it against what Jesus endured, are you going to look at him a little bit differently? How's God's love look for you? What do you think you're carrying around that he can't forgive? What are you carrying around that that you've done, that, that you're ashamed of. Jesus died for all that, and he said it's finished. We could take these elements, and we could take them confidently, and we can celebrate what Jesus did on the cross, and we can know that we're forgiven. We just simply have to ask, because God went through great lengths to win us back to himself. How will you ponder the elements? How will you ponder God's love? How will you ponder Jesus willingly going to the cross for each of us? It's finished. What a beautiful thing that is. Jesus overcame sin and death because he loves us so much. It is finished. Let's go into communion, and we're going to show a video that talks about the wrath. It's going to show some of that. But as, as, it, as, as, you, as it's playing, think about your walk. Think about your heart. Think about where you've been. Think about the, the, the silly arguments you've had on the way here. Shoot. Preach into the Kellers. Right? I mean, life happens. <laughs> it's like, man, get, get quiet with the Lord. And let's thank him for what he did, what he endured for our sakes. Amen? And let's just, let's receive it with gladness. Because here's the thing is it's finished. Amen? Amen. Let's go before the Lord. Father God, we come before you. And Lord, we look at the finished work of the cross. We celebrate this, this bittersweet moment of your death. God, we know that there's a resurrection coming in a few days. And Lord, we just thank you so much. We celebrate that, that you were willing to die for us while we were still yet sinners. We thank you that you were willing to go to such great lengths as we see recorded in the passages of Scripture to redeem mankind to themselves, to yourself. No person could fulfill that. Only you. And so, Father, we're grateful, we're humble that you and your son had, had, had ordained this from before you said, let there be light. 
that this would come to pass. This was your plan all along. And Lord, we thank you today because we're recipients of your grace and your mercy and your goodness and your forgiveness. Lord, help us to not leave here tonight the same way we came in. Help us to examine our hearts over this weekend. Think about the great cost that you paid for our, our lives and how, how we live. And Father, as we come together to, to celebrate Easter morning, we celebrate the empty tomb on Easter. Father, just bring us back together where we can celebrate as brothers and sisters where we realize it is finished and then we see the evidence to come, which is the empty tomb. God, for our brothers and sisters that aren't here tonight, we just love them. We lift them. We ask you to heal those that need healing and just be with those who, are, who aren't here, Father God. Let them know that we lift them in prayer and we love them in this moment. Let them feel your warm embrace. Let them realize it is finished. In Jesus' name, amen.